Good morning and welcome to this episode of Being Witchy. This is episode two. I am your host, Michelle Lorraine, and I'm excited to talk with you today about how to get started in being a practitioner of witchcraft. If this is something that you're just listening and learning about, that's great. If it's something that you really want to jump into, you might want to grab a piece of paper and a pencil because we're going to go through uh, all the general ways and how to get started and give you just a basic introduction to the practice of it itself. Um, And so I'm just going to get right to it because I don't want to be too wordy and bore you with all of my non-topic related thoughts, although I definitely could if I wanted to. (laughs) Um, All right. So one of the questions that uh, I see asked a lot with people wanting to get into this path is where, where do I start? What book to read? What tools do I need? Um, What are the belief systems? What type of which should I be? What's my label? Um, And they're just, you know, it's, it immediately is like, okay, I'm ready to do this, but I'm lost. Where, where do I go? And unfortunately, I see all too many people answer with just find your own path, just figure it out, explore, there's lots of resources out there. And that's all well and true, but it's also very vague. And, you know, like, kind of like when someone comes into your home as a guest, and they want to know what you've got planned for them. I kind of feel like as someone who's been in this a little bit longer, um, I want to welcome you into the home and the, the group really and say, okay, um, over here's the bathroom, over here's the kitchen, we've got drinks over here, we've got, um, we've got a menu over here, this is where we're gonna have, we're gonna eat at seven, after we eat, we're gonna listen to some music. So it gives people a way to say, okay, I'm here for the party, and I'm just reminded of a Talladega Nights um, reference. Isn't that funny how something reminds you of that? I'm here to party. Um, so yes, I'm here for the party. And where do I go? What do I do? How do I belong? So again, um, one of the reasons why baby witches is what we're going is what new witches are referred as. And I love it because, you know, we all love our babies. Um they're often just really looking for some structure. So one of the things, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to give you that structure. So the reason why you get vague answers is because um, of the beauty of witchcraft, really. It's not something that, unlike other belief systems, you're not going to get recruited into it. This is not something where you'll have a friend come to you and say, Hey, I belong to a coven and I get a lot of benefits out of it. And I think that you should come. You will very, very unlikely run into someone who is a witch and tries to get you into their practice. As a matter of fact, there are probably a lot of people in your life that you don't even know are witches. It's a very private, personal belief system, ritual and practice that uh, which is keep closely go to, uh, guarded to heart and for good reason. 
Uh, we talked about it in the last episode. There are a lot of many um, perceptions about what it is to be one. Most of it revolving around Halloween and spooky and bad. And uh, most people really want to be able to trust you first before they tell you, hey, this is what I'm doing. But they are definitely not going to sell you on it. Witches believe that this is a path that you discover on your own at the right time, the right place in your life, and that based on how you as an individual want to use your connection with natural resources, with a spirit plane, that is truly something that you have to decide what you want to do. But there are some things that a lot of, um, that would be good to know about, you know, what, what tools of the trade are available, how they're used, why they're used. So let's get started with that. First things first, I think it's really important to know the difference between Wiccan and non-Wiccan belief systems, uh, because this is important in terms of the types of spells that you will do. And it also will explain a lot of feedback that you get from other witches as to whether or not you should or shouldn't do them. Uh, the main difference is that uh, there's traditional witchcraft, which is older. This is the more long standing one, the one that started, you know, centuries ago, really a part of paganism. And this is the one that either has spiritual beings or deities that may be worshipped, maybe not worshipped, but um, it is a generalized practice where uh, you can do protection spells, you can do, um, you know, all different kinds of spells, including something called hexes and curses. Although most witches will tell you to use those very carefully, but uh, traditional or non, I should say non-Wiccan, um, non-Wiccan witches believe that it's okay to do a hex, we'll just call it that, uh, to do that kind of spell or certain kinds of spells because um, there is, it's, it's kind of a defense mechanism. Now, Wiccan is a newer belief system. Wicca, you'll see Wicca a lot on, on bookshelves. Wicca is, was developed in the 1940s, 50s, somewhere around there. And it was to, especially after witchcraft itself became known as a really bad thing, it was a way to reintroduce it as a belief system and actually adopt some Christian qualities to it. Um, and with Wiccan belief systems, uh, there is a very strong, um, how do I say it? Um, belief that you should not do anything that could be considered a hex or a curse or manipulating someone else's free will, such as a love spell. They believe that if you do those kinds of things, it will come back to you three times. So this was developed in the Wiccan belief system. The non-Wiccan belief system feels like there's the shadow part of the human self should not be denied. These are the uh, negative feelings that we all endure. These are the um, 
uh, bad things that, you know, our non-savory traits of ourselves that we need to work on and deal with. And this kind of includes the all-encompassing human form. And their mantra more is, so a Wiccan mantra is um, whatever you do comes back to you three times. And the non-Wiccan mantra is witches who cannot curse, cannot heal. So um, I don't want to give my personal opinion on what is, um, you know, what should be followed. Because again, that's totally for you to decide. If you want to go with the Wiccan belief system, uh, there are many books on that subject. If you want to go non-Wiccan, there are many books on that subject. The thing is, is that with either Wiccan or non-Wiccan, most witches believe that we all should be welcoming and understanding and tolerant. So it is a very tolerant belief system. There is no idea that any kind of person is bad or wrong. We believe that people want to be who they are choose who they want to be, even give themselves new names. And we're like, hey, we're down. We are so down with whatever you want to do. You want to call yourself purple rainbow and color your hair purple rainbow and live your life as a purple rainbow. We are in celebration of you. So do it. Um, But just wanted you to know that if there is a specific uh, fork in the road, you might want to decide whether you want to do Wiccan or non-Wiccan. Wicca actually has the Witch's Wheel of the Year, which is adopted um, with holidays from paganism, plus some holidays that um, have to do with equinoxes and some other times of the year, so that it ends up kind of rounding out with all of the celebrations that we have in our traditional systems. Okay, so now that you know the difference between Wicca and non-Wiccan, witches, there are under that uh, different types of witches based on how they want to practice. Now, I want to say, first of all, you don't have to label yourself. As you practice, try things out, you may find that you, you lean more towards working with herbs you may lean more towards working with water. You may really be all about the crystals or astrology, or you might be um, really into being in a group and doing ceremonial things. Um, Maybe you want to connect with the history and uh, traditional forms of witchcraft. There's so many ways. There's even something called a kitchen witch Um, you know, which is all about making your home and your kitchen sacred and the materials and tools that you use to do your spells are coming from your kitchen. And so there's just so many ways to do it. And I would, I would encourage you to, you know, do a quick Google search, explore the types of witches, see if anything calls to you. But remember this, you don't have to have a label. A lot of witches call themselves eclectic. Eclectic means that they take a little bit from here and there and the other. And if that's a label that you want to have to introduce yourself, that's wonderful. Um, That would be kind of an all-encompassing way of being one where you can delve into different types of practices. But again, you don't have to even come out of the broom closet like we talked about earlier 
you can actually just practice on your own in solitude, just you and your materials and your intentions. That's it. Um, so you don't have to really decide on these things, but I'm letting you know what's out there, what the general knowledge is so that you're not going into it completely new and lost and you kind of have the lay of the land a little bit. Okay. So F from that's a little bit of an introduction there. Now, the next thing I want to talk about are some books to get started with. Listening to this podcast is great. Listening to other podcasts is great. Of course, doing some online research, but it can be all a little bit overwhelming. So there are two books that I think are a good introduction to the practice of witchcraft. The first one I recommend is called The Book of Shadows by Laurie Cabot. Uh, her last name is spelled C-A-B as in boy, O-T as in Tom. Book of Shadows by Laurie Cabot is Wiccan based. So you'll see that information in there, such as the rule of three. Oh, you know, whatever you do comes back to you three times. Again, some people don't believe in that. And you can choose to adopt it or, uh, you know, ignore it either way. But this has, it's a nice thick book. It's a comprehensive list of the tools of the trade, general practices, some spells, some things about holidays, uh, divination tools, a lot of just a general overall everything that you would want to know to get started. And I've read quite a number of books after that. And I feel like that really was a good first start for me. Um, I will say though, that the one problem that I had is I felt like I had to buy all the tools that were mentioned in the book. So we're going to talk about tools. You don't have to buy them all, but we're going to talk about that in, in a minute. Um, it's a nice, good, thick book to start with. However, if you're the type of person that might get a little overwhelmed by that, maybe it's too much information. Another book that I recommend that's a smaller little green book, uh, but it's a perfect introduction to the practice. It's called The Spell Book for New Witches by Ambrosia Hawthorne. And it's a newer book. It's available and it's really great. It probably, it's a nice handheld smallish book. It introduces some essential tools, provides some basic spells for each area of interest, such as family, friendship, protection, love, finances, career, and some other topics. Um, it's just a nice little book that helps you jump in right away. All right. And that is, there are a lot of good books out there. You can go to Barnes and Noble and I think there's like a self transformation area that you can go to. Um, you can of course explore on Amazon and the thought, the hard part about buying books online is that you can't really flip through them and see the contents of the information. So I really support brick and mortar bookshops whenever you can, because 
I'm afraid that if we continue to do everything online, we're going to lose some of those wonderful little bookshops. And of course, you know, see what's available via independent bookshops. Some bookshops will have some of these books, some will have um, none of them. So you're going to have to figure out what's in your local area. But it's a fun adventure, you know, go out, see what's out there. But those are the two books if you want to order something right away that I would recommend. However, if you are on a budget, you don't need to buy a book. And uh, the really the biggest mistake that witches make regarding books and tools, new witches, is buying too much. You don't need to buy all the crystals, all the incense fragrances, all the candles and everything. You have a lot of people out there that are really happy to sell these things to you. I personally have a shop online that I'm working on called Potions and Parchments where I'm actually going to be selling some supplies as well. However, it's up to you if you need them. And you really don't have to buy anything. I have two secrets for you. The first secret is you can use the materials that you already have on hand. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to go online. You just open up your spice cabinet. You see that there's basil, thyme, rosemary, cinnamon, cloves. You likely already have a lot of magical things in your spice cabinet already. You can also use a plate from your cupboard. You can use some candles that you already have. You can use paper and pencils and art materials that you already have. You can gather things from your backyard. Some There's a, an app that you can download to your phone. It's called the Seek app, S-E-E-K, Seek. I love it. It's a great app to identify the plants. You simply hold your phone camera up to the plant and it does a search and find and it tells you what that is. So you may discover some really awesome plants in your backyard that you can cut. You can place on a mesh hanger or you can just put on a paper towel on a shelf and let it dry. You can crumble that into a jar or um, another container and you can reuse containers from home as well. You can take your pasta sauce jars and wash them out, take the label off, put them in the dishwasher. You can then paint them or not paint them if you don't feel like it and gather your materials in those jars. And it's a great way to upcycle. One of the things about witchcraft, we really promote harm to none. This, this idea that we're not harming other people, we're not harming ourselves. Protection spells are real big because we want to keep the planet, ourselves, our family, our finances, preserved, protected, and thriving. So from an environmental perspective, it's actually a really friendly practice. Again, you have the materials on hand. You have even um, a ballpoint pen that you say, hey, this is my particular pen. And it's a modern tool. It doesn't have to be old looking and old worldly looking. Things don't have to look medieval. You're living in modern times. You can pull the old into the new and, and use modern tools for what you need to do. You don't have to get a feather pen with calligraphy uh, points that you have to dip into ink. Although, Hey, if it's something that you would really think would be great and fun to do, definitely 
purchase a set if that's something that you really want to do, but you don't have to. That's the thing. You really don't have to. Okay. So secret number two, you can write your own spells. Yes, it's true. Most spells have been written by somebody and passed on through um, decades or centuries via books called grimoires or book of shadows. We're going to talk about that in just a second. By the way, this is going to be a little bit longer of an episode because I think it's important that this is the introduction contains a lot of good information for you to get started. So bear with me here. I think we've gone over the 20 minute mark. This may be about a 30 minute or more podcast, but I hope you're in it with me. Otherwise, otherwise press pause and come back to me on your lunch hour or a little bit later. Um, okay, so you can write your own spells and you'll see spells that call for vervain and myrtle and this resin and this kind of incense. You can do a spell for a specific intention using different things. If you have thyme and rosemary and cinnamon and cloves and ginger and cardamom in your spice cabinet, you can look up the properties of that online. You can simply do a Google search. You could say something like cardamom magical properties, and you'll find a really cool list of various witchcraft blogs and pages that will give you a general idea of what that is. You can write it down in your notebook and now you have started to develop your personal book of shadows or grimoire. All right, so you can you don't have to buy materials. Secret number one, you can write your own spells and that's secret number two. That means this is accessible to you. Now I just mentioned two books and you're probably spinning in your mind, oh my goodness, what the heck is the difference between a grimoire and a book of shadows? You'll hear those two a lot. And there are two main differences. A book of shadows could be that 50 cent notebook that you picked up at the dollar store or a really nice journal that you decided you wanted to invest in. Doesn't matter. A book of shadows is a witch's personal diary of magic. It includes the records of all of your magical workings. You can use it for writing down your dreams and what interpretations you gathered from it. Um, you can write down what certain things mean to you. So if you go out and you found a plant that you feel just moderately or intensely connected to, write down that you do what it means to you if you want. This book of shadows helps you progress as a witch. It helps you write down, um, kind of keep track of what seems to work for you, what doesn't work for you, because again, it's an individual thing. And it is something that you would not share with others. It's really just personal to you. Something you may want to tuck away, lock up, not anything for anybody to really peruse through but you. So that's what a book of shadows is. A grimoire is similar to it, but it's intended more for perhaps passing to another person or maybe eventually publishing. It holds information about rituals, spells, potions, how to prepare certain things. 
It contains a list of correspondences and magical properties of various herbs, gemstones, foods, colors. Um, it contains all of your magical research. However, it does not have personal information about you. So you may want to use a grimoire as your final product. And perhaps your book of shadows is your notebook, your diary that you keep locked away, but maybe your grimoire is a binder and you use individual pages as your final spell that you wrote or a final uh, note and research that you took that you found works or doesn't work and you put that in your grimoire and that becomes your sort of official um, spell book that you can continue to reference on your own or you can actually share with other people. So Again, kind of going back to that, you don't need to spend a lot of money. You can, someone says, oh, you need an altar cloth. If you feel you do, you do. Um, some people don't use one at all. Your altar is something that you can use any tabletop, any shelf top. You can have it be a temporary one. You can do use a table outside, you know, a little side table that you have for uh, sitting in between two chairs to hold drinks. It can be any surface really. And I personally use my stovetop a lot of times, especially if I want to burn a page. There's something, you know, there are cauldrons that are, per you know, you can buy online, you know, oh, I need to burn something. And maybe the spell says, oh, you have to burn the page and put it in your cauldron. Your cauldron doesn't have to be a bowl-shaped thing like you see in Halloween pictures. Your cauldron can simply be a cast iron skillet or a stainless steel skillet, something or a pot, something that you can put the burning item in and it's safe. It's not going to jump out and burn something else. So that's why a stovetop can be a great place to have your temporary altar. You can put a plate and put a candle on it and it's fire safe, which thank goodness, because um, that's probably one of the big things with this practice is you definitely want to be safe about it. You don't want to be burning big, huge candles near a curtain in your house or, you know, maybe something you don't want something to get too hot on a wooden bookshelf because then that pre presents a, um, a fire hazard. So be careful. Definitely consider your altar placement and what you're going to be burning on it. If you want a big fire, definitely go outside, get it, um, you know, make a stone fire pit or something on the, on the grass and make sure there is nothing else around and you can do it that way. You can do your intentions inside or outside, uh, you, any time of day or night. You don't have to pick, um, specific places or times. There are recommendations that you'll see in books. You'll see, oh, you know, Mondays are good for this type of spell and Sunday evenings when the moon is full is, is this type of spell. And if you feel that those certain times, those attributions of when the moon is full or, or new is giving some symbolism to your intention, is giving some power to it, most certainly, you know, go along with it. You don't have to though. If you feel like the power comes from you and another object or another time of day, go with that. It's completely up to you. 
I like to do a combination of both looking at a spell somebody else has written and trying it out. And if it's something that I like to do, then great. If it's something that I feel like I really can't find something that matches or uses any of the materials that I have on hand, I'll write my own. And again, it's really your intuition, what's calling to you. And that is really the focus of this practice. All right, so the tools of the trade, you're going to see a lot listed. You're going to see incense, crystals, candles, a lot of it having to do with color attribution. If color speaks to you, definitely, you know, feel free to purchase those items. You can collect color-based things in your home. It doesn't have to be particular fragrances or colors of items. Um, you will see uh, things like an athame, which is a kind of knife. You may not need that right now. Unless you really have an intention for how you want to use it, it's just something to buy. So don't buy things unless you really feel that you need them. And a Tibetan singing bowl can be something like $70 and up. You could have one eventually, but do you really need it right away to do a personal intention? No, you don't. Um, Again, it's fun to go into those metaphysical shops. It's fun to pick up, you know, various things. You may want to find out if there's an herbal store in your area and get a variety of dried herbs and get small packages of, of them. I found a place in Philadelphia where I can get small packages of dried herbs for about a dollar to $2 each, which is really nice and budget friendly. Uh, and then I started growing my own various herbs because it was just easy to grow them and cut them and dry them and use them myself and taking nature walks is fun because you can go with your seek app out and look for different things and cut them be careful not to ingest anything that you don't know for sure even if it's identified on a seek app sometimes you want to kind of double or triple identify it but be sure of things before you ingest them i would really really highly recommend when it comes to herbals that you do your online research and you really know what's safe in terms of medical conditions and drug interactions and what you're, what's safe and what's not safe. Um, for example, mandrake is not safe to ingest. Do not ingest that or put it in a tea or anything else that is toxic. Um, low, um, bone set, leaf bone set, you'll see that come up on your Seek app and it'll just give you the plant information, but it won't tell you what you can do with it. So you'll have to do an extra search to see what you can do with it. And it induces vomiting. So don't ingest that. So be very, very careful when you're working with plants and, and materials that you may want to put in a potion or a tea and definitely stick with your safe bets like green tea and rosemary and thyme and ginger and be very sure of what you're you're using okay uh, another is astrology another are di divination tools tarot cards divination boards ouija boards um there's an if you if you want to get into that you don't have to some witches don't even believe in that and well, if you don't, that's okay. You don't, you don't have to do all parts of witchcraft. You may just want to do one part. I love burning candles, but
but you may love gathering crystals by the window. Whatever you, you could just focus on that one thing. You don't have to do all the things that you read in all the books and gather all the materials. Okay, I think I've made my point. So with that, I'm going to end on this note. We're going to talk about each tool specifically in the next episodes. We're going to get really deep into tools and practices, but this really was intended to be a nice introduction to getting started. Get started right away, however you want to do it. And with your journal prompt, I think I gave that to you already, but I just need to be sure. Um, Do write down what you have already. Write down what you have in your cupboard, your spice cabinet, your desk drawer for your office, bookshelves, your materials in your craft supply closet, strings, twine, ribbon, fabric, sewing materials, your workshop in your garage, the tools that you have out there. You have so much probably already. Write down what you have and use that as an inventory to get started with your spells. The reading for today, I've picked out the Nine of Pentacles. And the Nine of Pentacles is a card about indulgence. Where you have maybe felt a little ho-hum in your life. Maybe things have gotten a little, um, I don't know, too regular, too mundane, a little too boring. This card encourages you to seek out something new. Try something different. And again, with those materials in your home that you walk by every day, you know you have that don't seem special, make them special. Get out the fine china tonight and just have a wonderful, beautiful, fancy dinner just because. Just because you love you. Just because you love the people you're having dinner with. Just because you love fancy plates. Do it. Why not? This is the time to really... Look at your life and say, how am I enjoying life? We all have challenges. We all have circumstances that we have to deal with. And there's really no such thing as perfect happiness all the time. There's only, people say, we really only truly have moments of joy. And I would say, go a step further. Moments of joy is still too vague. What, what am I joyful about? I don't know. How about a moment of indulgence? An indulgence is always a happy, joyful moment. If you are having some food that you like, that's indulgence. If you are having time that you like to spend in the way that you like to spend it, that's indulgence. If you, you know, for an example, maybe you have gathered a lot of books that you want to read, but you've never made time for yourself to just lay down on the couch, guilt-free, drop the guilt, and just read. Tell your family, hey, this is my time. I am going upstairs. I'm laying in bed. I am going to read three books today, or however you want to spend your time. Maybe your indulgence is you want to take a really nice long bath. So really just indulge, have those moments where you are truly finding the magic in your day, finding the magic in the things that you already have and indulge yourself. And with that, 
I'm going to close out this episode. I appreciate you spending a little extra time with me today. I hope this gives you a good feeling about this this path and practice, how to get started, that it's very accessible to you. It's accessible to everyone. And I'm not selling you on it either. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Uh, Listen to this podcast just for fun, just to have an awareness and or not. Again, it's you are you in the best way that you are and you're loved simply for that reason. So you belong, you're here, you're with us. You are truly a valuable um, being on this plane. And again, I thank you so, so much for sharing this time with me. Have a wonderful, beautiful, indulgent and blessed day.